which I think we're why. All right, cool. So we are what? Greetings, readers and travelers, and welcome to episode 12 of Stats on Stats, a lit RPG podcast here on the Penultimate Conquest. Today's topic is our discussion of the feedback loop by Harmon Cooper. But before we get into that discussion, we've got a little housekeeping to do. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping us a like and a sub. And don't forget to hit that bell to get amazing notifications for shows like the Penultimate Game Show, the Cross Media Show, Anime Nation, and Marvel Mondays Initiative. If you're watching on Twitch and have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, which means you get one free sub. And we'd love it if you gave it to us, but if not, that's all good. This week on Penultimate Conquest, we have some streams going on. Uh, join Ruben as he continues his journey into... I'm going to butcher the name. I'm going to say Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, but I think it's Kena. I'm not entirely sure on how to pronounce it. It's been a whole thing. Also, there will be a deep dive video essay over Spider-Man No Way Home. Also, if you haven't seen it already, please be sure to check out our Death Stranding deep dive video by Christian. It's fantastic and actually made me want to get back into the game. Today, as always, I am joined by my brother, the guy I know who would have my back in a dungeon, Joel Harvey. Joel, how are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Rich. I'm excited for this episode. I am too. I say that every time, but... Hey, you know, it's, it's our show. One. It's our show. We're excited to be one. here. And for the first time, and also welcoming him to the world of lit RPG and game what novels, Saj. Saj, how we doing? Doing pretty well, man. It's been on a while since I've been on camera, so I'm excited to be back. Well, I'm excited to have you on our show and welcome you back to the channel because it's we've missed you. What, our last episode was the Invincible review? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that was a while ago. So, yeah, today's topic is the feedback loop. Book one in, well, the feedback loop series. And this is a weird book, but it's really good. And it's one series that Joel was telling me about for a while. And, I mean, he's the one that tells me about most of the series uh, that I got into when we when I first joined the lit RPG genre and wow, I have to say this one really took me by storm and, uh, I ended up picking up the comp uh, compilation that has the first three books and I powered through it and it's really good. It's, it's really good. Um, what did you guys think of it? I shared my thoughts. So, you know what, to welcome him in, Sash, go ahead and give me your, uh, uh thoughts on, this book, like just so, your overall opinion and like how it felt to be experiencing a lit RPG book for the first time. Well, you know, I, I put it off for a little bit because I was like, oh, this is going to be another Sword Art Online Rise of the Shield Hero type thing. And as I read it, I was like, holy shit, this is like way grittier and way more interesting. Um, so I ended up, you know, reading through it in two sittings in the past couple of days. Uh, so I really thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, big twists and turns and, uh, you know, I had a good, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. All right. And Joel, what'd you think? Um, buddy? I, 
Um, so I wouldn't have recommended it to you, but I recommended this one back before Cyberpunk came out because we we're looking for a good like lit RPG that like had that uh, Cyberpunk esque feel, and I was like, dude, feedback loop. It's really good. <laughs> it, it, it is really good, and we'll go into the whole world of uh, Cyber no uh, Cyber Noir because that is the world that the well one of the many worlds that the feedback loop takes place in. But loop the uh, the quick summary of this uh, first book is, and I'm I'm reading this from Kindle, and the first lines are the book the the movie boss level was apparently inspired by. Quantum Hughes is the kind of guy who won't back down from a fight. And it's a damn good thing, too, because he's stuck in a violent noir world that is trying to murder him on a daily basis. The assassination attempts start at 8.05 a.m. and they continue from that point forward. A chance encounter with a beautiful woman named Francis Euphoria puts Quantum on the fast track to electrifying actions and gripping adventure. There's also Dolly, his digital girlfriend, for two subjective years, who holds a secret that will forever change. Ah, Ruben texted me, so it threw me off. Who holds a secret that will forever change his world. But everything isn't fun and games for Quantum Hughes. A murder guild known as the Reapers are closing in, and they are killing people in the process. Will Quantum be able to stop them in time, or will the Reapers get to him first? And just how connected is he to the Reapers? Quantum is about to truly understanding the meaning of life or death in a video game. So how did how did that really sum it up? Because I feel like it just gave a little jab here and there, but didn't really capture everything that was uh, going on. Well, first thing I thought was it said, oh, Hughes won't back down from a fight. No, that motherfucker starts every single fight. <laughs> you have to be so yeah. violent. He, he yeah. really does. And that's one thing I absolutely uh, enjoy about his character is he just doesn't care. He's a badass and he does not care. And Saj, when you continue reading the series, um, you'll see that because it gets him into a lot of trouble. Like Francis will even say, hey, you need to calm the fuck down. And he's like, no, <laughs> he looked at me weird in your lane. <laughs> so. I mean, it's very accurate. We start off on day 542. So he's been in the feedback from his point of view for the past two, almost two years, because 542 days, that's what, a year and a half almost. But we learn very quickly that that's that's not actually the case. He's he's been in the feedback loop for quite a bit longer. And we'll save that for a little spoiler section of the series. We're just going to kind of give our general thoughts and everything on the character development. We'll start there and we'll kind of dive into the world and what each item that uh, quantum comes into, I guess, possession is the proper <laughs> terminology. So Joel, what do you think of quantum's character development from start to finish? Like when we first meet Quantum to the end of the first book, I know there's not like a big gap, but there's some. Yeah. So Quantum, whenever we first start out the book, 
he has basically been living in Groundhog's Day uh, for like two years. And he he's kind of like in this routine where like I know everything that's going to happen and uh, I, I can I'm basically invincible because I I can like kill anyone I want to. And then that's when the story picks up and uh, he meets Francis and his world changes like a lot. Uh, the like NPCs aren't acting like the way that they normally do. And uh, that that kind of throws him for a loop. Because, well, um, there's this other being that's known as the NVA seed, which is essentially the admin for the world. She is sorry. They are. I spoiled it. But so she is the whole thing that is keeping what's going on happening because he's been living this loop for the past 500 and some odd days. And it doesn't really, you know, click that, oh, maybe the NVA seed doesn't want me to leave. That's why. He just thinks it's a glitch, which it is a glitch in the system that causes him to stay in the feedback or in the loop. And it's called the feedback loop because every time he dies in, you know, or goes once he goes back in, there's a feedback static sound. And that's why he always talks about you know, the feedback when he dies and comes back to life. Cause no matter how far he goes at midnight, and this is a quote from the book, it doesn't matter if Cinderella gets laid at midnight, the day restarts. <laughs> and every time I hear that line, I just chuckle. Yeah. Uh, I think a really, really cool aspect is that correct me with, if I'm wrong, but like, Pretty much every chapter is like a new day, or like I, he might have like days in between there, but every single chapter starts out and. What Harmon uh, does is he has this like poetry almost at the beginning of every chapter, which I just I I really really enjoyed that aspect. I don't know why. Uh. It's it's a good aspect, but hold on, Saj. What were you about to say? Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah. Every single uh, chapter is they're all um, they're all days that are like right next to each other. There's no skip, I don't think. At least for the first few, because once he starts to meet Francis, he does die a couple times within a chapter and has to you know restart before that next chapter. Because there's only, I think in the first book, only fourteen chapters if I remember correctly, because uh, chapter 15 in the audiobook with the compilation is the start of the uh, second, or it's like the end credits. It's This has been the feedback like loop the, yeah. narrated by Jeff Hayes. And I just love Jeff Hayes' voice. <laughs> so, um, which Saj, when I asked you to be on this, uh, originally we threw out, hey, do you want to do, I think I sent you Bibliomancer, which, uh, by the way, Joel, I just want to say, uh, Thank you for getting my signed copy. Um, yeah, it arrived. 
I sent you uh, Bibliomancer and I believe Shadowcroft Academy. And you're like, yeah, those aren't really for me because, you know, the the fantasy. And I was listening to Feedback Loop and I was like, I wonder, because I think I sent you this the day the Matrix trailer came out, the new one. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I this, was like, this has the vibe. <laughs> like, give me something cyberpunk or like more, more kind of gritty and not as much medieval fantasy or fantasy or all that kind of stuff. Cause I really haven't really gotten into any novels like that. Maybe sure some shows or anime, something like that, but uh, I, I originally so wanted, mm-hmm. I, I originally wanted to, uh, I asked you if you wanted to do like an isekai or like trapped in a video game. So that's why I did the other two. And then you're like cyberpunk. And I was like, dude, feedback loop is perfect for this. Which it does yeah. later in the um, in the books. It gets into a fantasy world. I think by book three is when the fantasy world comes into play, and they're there for three books. But he ends up he keeps going back to cyber noir, and it's it's really cool. Yeah, can we talk well, about that for a second? Well, no, I won't. Let's not say too much because Saj has not. He only read the first book. He's he's only finished the feedback loop. Okay, but so. like staying within what happens of. The feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francis does describe like h- kind of how the the worlds uh, work. Yeah, sort of. So it, everything takes place inside of the Proxima Galaxy. Which yeah, yeah I got that. Yeah. This is so cool because when they said the Proxima Galaxy, I was just thinking like these are just different branches of the world tree. That's how I looked at it or like started to imagine it instead of it being like just this giant galaxy. They're just different branches. Yeah, that's what that's where I was kind of like, they could do anything with this, you know, especially once yeah. he, you know, towards the end, you're like, this could go anywhere, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. You, you know what? Actually, we're going to scratch that. It's the Kingdom Hearts 2 map. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's map. I either I pictured the Kingdom Hearts one or I pictured the, um, you know, Mass Effect, because that's kind of what it yeah. is when you go in. Ooh, Mass Effect's yeah. better one. But any it's, chance I get to bring the Kingdom Hearts. Of course. <laughs> you know, you have to do it. It's 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 a law, really. So we learn a lot about, like, within the cyberpunk world of cyber noir. Like, he just calls it the loop because he lives the same day every day, no matter what. And he even talks about it. He's like, if I oversleep, you know... At 9.30, a second assassin will come. At If I sleep till 10.30, another assassin will come. And it's the same day over and over again. But throughout the book, we learn that the AIs or, you know, MA, Morning Assassin, a.k.a. Aiden, he knows what's going on every day. He experiences the death he is dealt every day or his fights with uh, Quantum which all of their fights are fantastic. They have some really good fights. Joel, which one's your favorite? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, One that really pops out in my mind is just like the first time he gets downstairs and takes out the the, uh, squad uh, of people and he uses his like uh, energy bar or whatever that speeds up time or like his uh, perception of time and yeah I'm just like okay this this is good 
I think that's when I really was like, yeah, this uh, has the action. Back at you, Rich. What do you think? Can you hear him? I can't hear him. Oh, I muted my mic because I was telling Lacey to wait down. Yeah, I was like... Uh, Saj, <laughs> so we'll do mine last. Saj, what is yours, uh, your favorite fight? Uh, it wasn't must necessarily a fight, just more like a recurring event of him using a bear trap and a landmine. He did it twice, <laughs> and I thought it was... Every single time, I'm just like, that's so creative. <laughs> because he can't, get, he can't get hurt from it either, so he can just stand right in front of it wanted to and just be in the explosion while Aiden just walked it right into it. I, I love Morning Assassin and I think out of all the supporting characters, Morning Assassin is definitely my favorite and Harmon Cooper does a great job of like making me love this character. Um, I will say probably one of my favorite fights is definitely like I think it's one of the very first ones. It might be the first or second one uh, when I think it's actually the very first one. He's interrogating. He goes, how did you learn my name? Who told you my name? And Aiden just, his tongue turns into a gun. Just turns into a little Glock <laughs> and he blows his brains out. And I'm just like, what the shit? This is the epic way to start a book. So we've kind of discussed the character of Quantum. He He's a badass. Like, he is on the edge, which, I mean, if I was stuck in this world, I would be too. If I had to live the same day over and over again, I would somewhat go insane and get a rough aspect to me to where everyone would probably be out to kill me. And I would think that, and I would treat everyone as a threat. He he's kind of a murder hobo. He does go full, full murder hobo in <laughs> like, there's even the relationships he expects or of the, you know, people not to kill him that end up trying to kill him. The big one is Dolly. Him and Dolly are in the middle of uh, some quality time and she like goes to stab him and he has to kill her. And then he has like a complete and total breakdown because he's like, no, you were supposed to be the one person who wasn't going to hurt me. You were supposed to be that one place keeping me here. All he wanted was some eggs, some bacon, a beer and some pancakes, <laughs> man. That's it. Dude, the, the perfect <laughs> breakfast. That's, I'm like, that's what yeah. kind of what I want for breakfast, but that's, I have to work tomorrow. That's a, that's a pretty solid breakfast to have every day. <laughs> so, um, Saj, when you finished the book, you said in your uh, your message, it's a little repetitive, not necessarily a, a bad thing. Go ahead and explain that to me. So he lives out the same day, obviously. Uh, hence Luke uh, and so you kind of know where he's going to wake up and what he's going to expect uh, you you know he has the enemy explains it every time mm -hmm. but what was what wasn't the bad thing was that he handles it every, different every single day so you don't know how he's going to handle the same repetitive day so that's kind of where I was going with that he's and a murder hobo with class <laughs> he's got to like make it different every time see it's like yeah when we're like making up insults or something we're just we gotta oh my god keep it fresh you and i are really bad about our insults let's just be real there but um i feel like that's something you would have to do to one just keep your sanity with 
doing this whole living the same day over and over and over again for 500 and i think when the cycle finally breaks it's 549 days day 149 last day Yeah. yeah and that's after he meets with francis and the um the seed finally kind of goes, oh, well, it's time to break reality. And we learn that he hasn't been stuck in the loop for almost two years. Now, he's been stuck in the loop for eight. And they explain when he dies, his respawn has a like time dilation effect on his brain. So it, he instantly wakes back up when he dies. So he doesn't feel the whole like. Like going to sleep or anything like that. He just wakes up and it's the next day. And like his uh, respawn times go anywhere from like a few hours to 13 days, I think they said. Yeah. Which is which is crazy. But technically, he just has a new day, day by day for 549 days. So to him, it is two years. And then to everybody else on the outside, it's eight, which I thought was really cool um the way they did that because i didn't i wasn't sure i thought he just had like blacked out for six of those years but it just turns out he was sleeping nope it's the uh nba seed having that uh effect on his brain just to kind of keep him in a pattern see okay yeah i thought that repetition started with like two years or something Mm -mm. it's been like repeating himself and like he was like going crazy or something. And nope. then the EAC to like look out for him was like, she petition. Right, they started doing the reputation, uh, like for the, how many days he's been stuck in there. Cause he ends up getting like an amnesia effect because yeah. like, there's even moments when he's talking to Francis after Francis, like explains to him, Hey, I'm here to help um, you. I'm a part of the dream team, which yeah, also that's right. amazing name. Amazing yeah. name, the Dream Team. I like how I, I like how they did it, like the Shield, like Shield, where they mm-hmm. just made Dream an acronym. I forget exactly what the acronym is, but I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, dream Recovery um, Evacuation, something. Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's a really good acronym. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the reason they took on the name Dream Team is because that's what the president started calling them and everything. And. Yeah, you know what? We're just I'm going to go ahead and throw up the spoiler warning. We've already gone through a couple spoilers, but we're going to, you know, <laughs> just have the good old spoiler warning up. So beware. Listen with caution. This book is fucking brutal. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking brutal, and I love it. There's not a dull moment with quantum like even when it's a pretty calm moment like if it's just a moment between you know quantum and francis just having a conversation or quantum and dolly just having a conversation when he's ordering breakfast you're on edge i feel like you don't get a moment to breathe until the very end and then at the very end you're just like wow this is fucking wild (laughs) uh saj you said you bumped it up to two times the speed uh, with the audible yeah, just, yeah, just during the last, like, maybe third of it, maybe even less than that, because uh, I didn't really, like, I didn't, wasn't sure if I could retain information at that fast, but then I tried it out, and it was actually a little bit better for me. 
Yeah, I could I can never do like speeding up the narration um, because in the different lit RPG groups, Joel and I are part of uh, the Miss Village Mafia for the land and then the actual official lit RPG. A lot of people are like, oh, what speed do you listen at? Do you listen at one point five too? And I'm like, I just listen at basic one. I want to <laughs> enjoy the book. Like if I'm hearing, you know, either Jeff Hayes or Nick Podell or Travis Baldry, Neil Helliger's in my ear. I want to enjoy it. I want to consume every ounce. And every I was moment. in a bit of a time crunch, to be fair. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I when I'm when I'm reading it or when I'm listening to it faster, it kind of forces me to really pay attention. Otherwise, I'll miss something. Well, if I'm just listening it to at the regular speed, my mind starts to wander. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I just didn't listen to the past 15 seconds. So I have to go back kind of stuff. So um, the fast one works like I mean, he Jeff Hayes, that's his name, Jeff Hayes, Jeff Hayes. Uh, yeah, he uh, when he's when you have him on like uh, 1.5 or two times the speed, he just kind of sounds like Dr. House, except with, you know, sci fi <laughs> fantasy type stuff. So, so... <laughs> Here's what I'm going to tell you. Listen to like just that little section of um, that and then go look up another book of Jeff Hayes. Uh, what's a different? You know what? Because it just released. Well, the fourth book just released. Go to Audible and listen to a sound section or just the sample of. Um, Dungeon Crawler Carl. I had a anyway. mind, a mind blank there. Yeah, because I said the fourth one just dropped. Joel. You and I were freaking out about that. Um, and just hear the different tone, uh, like range that man has, because he has some of the best range I've ever heard, because in this book, it's all Jeff Hayes. There's no Annie Ellicott or Lori Catherine Winkle from the rest of the sound booth audio team. It's just, just Jeff Hayes. And that's why Jeff Hayes has definitely earned like one of my top favorite audible narrators because he's so damn good. Him and his team know what the hell they're doing, and I love them. And any time Soundbooth Audio puts out something, I'm going to probably pick it up. That's great. I mean, like, even I mean, all the different voices and accents, you can tell uh, about exactly which character, or you can know exactly what which character he's referring to just by uh, the accent or the voice or, like, the tone or everything like that. He doesn't have to say, oh, this person says this, this person says this, just back and forth dialogue. Mm -hmm. And you know exactly who is talking at the moment, which is great. And that's actually how a lot of uh, audible narrators or audiobook narrators, I shouldn't just say audible because there's other uh, audiobook yeah. apps, but a lot of uh, audiobook narrators, they do have that. And I see it more in the lit RPG game lit than I do. in like, say the big, like epic fantasies and stuff like that. But narrators that do both game lit and lit RPG and the epic fantasy, you can definitely tell their work. Like anything Nick Podell narrates, Joel and I are most likely going to pick it up. That's just a, that's, that's a given fact. <laughs> Joel, am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong. I don't need to tell you how big our backlog is. <laughs> you know, I, I originally, when I was going to do uh, the introduction, I was going to introduce Saj, the, the man who has the audiobook. Or not the audiobook, the game backlog bigger than my game backlog. And I was like, nah, my audiobook backlog's definitely much bigger. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just finished book 69 of the year, so big, big hype. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Last year, I think Hot. my 
<laughs> nice. Uh, last year, my uh, final total was 102 from January 1st at midnight. I started with the land, actually. I started with, um, yeah, I started with the land. And I finished on December 31st at 11.52. I got to 102 audiobooks, so I was proud of myself. I'm not going to beat it this year, but we might. <laughs> <laughs> We got off topic there, which I tend to do a lot, but let's dive back into the feedback loop. What did you guys think of the world? Like actual cyber noir? I think that this, like, I've read a lot of lit RPGs, and as far as cyber noir, they, there's not a lot of them. And I think Harmon Cooper just nailed it. To be honest, Sash. Um, I thought he, uh, I thought he did a pretty good job too. I would have liked to see uh, more individual places within the world. Uh, they tend to go around to the downtown bar area. It seems a lot, um, which I guess that makes sense because they they say he either, he gets every night he pretty much ends up at that same bar at the same place. So that makes sense. I don't know. I think he did a good job, but maybe a little bit more places next time. Well, I will tell you that um, I believe it's in book three. They definitely go to uh, quite a few places within uh, Cyber Noir. Uh, He goes back, he visits Aiden and Dolly and all of them. And he definitely does visit um, a few places that weren't in this book. Uh, Like they go to the Chinatown era or area and have to deal with one of the mob bosses, which is actually really Really a fucking good part. Awesome. Oh, it's yeah. a fucking great part. Um, so I'm definitely going to keep on reading these books. Sorry, I, go ahead. I can't wait, dude. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts. Uh, where <laughs> I'm at in the series, I'm actually... I finished book five. I was getting ready to start book six, but other stuff came out, so I'm going to be diving back in, and I'm going to be picking up books... Joel, we're missing seven and eight, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. So I'll need to pick those up for us. But um, where... We get the good. Honestly, I don't think there's any bad. Like, usually I have, like, some, like, one flaw. Within the first book, I don't have a flaw. I think the second book, I do get a few uh, things going, which I'll save that for a later video. But the first book is a great open, or it's a great start. Has amazing world uh, development and mechanics, which, Joel, I know you're big on the mechanics. (laughs) yeah just the character development as well like there's the emotional uh, turmoil that i love but i know it's not like as heavy as some books get to where it's kind of a turnoff for other people joel it's not necessarily a turnoff it's just not my main uh, excitement where it's It's not where my main excitement comes from that's that's mine (laughs) (laughs) so um joel is uh feedback loop more gamelet or is it more lit rpg because it has like the inventory system but it doesn't really do with the level up in this book i feel like uh the first book and even in steampunk is dead it's more gamelet and then once they get into um high fantasy yeah i think not it's, it's a good mix. They don't talk about levels in 
the uh, cyber noir world, and that honestly might be a feature. I like they have abilities, but they don't have like a level up system or like an experience or like an attack rating. It's just guns kill. And you, I mean, there is a there is an energy that he uses that like speeds up his uh, perception or whatever. Right. Um. Other than that, like, yeah, the inventory system. And then there's some people that can use like the the mutant get mutant weapons or the items or something. Like yeah, that. The, yeah mutant the mutant hacks. mutant hacks. Yeah, which is also one of my favorite moments is him getting his mutant hack axe, and he <laughs> trades it for uh, trades a chainsaw for it to Aiden because Aiden has this amazing <laughs> axe, and he's like, "Hey, do you want this chainsaw?" And he goes, "Yeah, I do." When <laughs> um, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the book is um, when. Quantum realizes that instead of killing all these enemies, he could by talking to them, and then he just becomes friends with Aiden right away. And he's like, yeah, "I'll trade you for that." Which I'm just, I was just like, "This is just totally caught me off guard." <laughs> which your text for that when you're like befriending the uh, befriending morning assassin, I was like, "Yep." And I was on my way home from work when you texted me that. I was just like, I, uh, he's he's at the part. I know exactly where he's at." <laughs> yeah, it was it cracked me up because I was just like he could have just been his friend this whole time. And for 500 and some odd days, he's been killing this guy. Like <laughs> there's a lot oh, of good stuff. There's way another stuff. thing. Another thing that I really, really enjoyed is just the descriptions that, uh, quantum uses whenever he's like, takes an item out of his inventory. He's not like, Oh yeah, I took a chainsaw out and like slashed him up. No, it's like, I grabbed my Black and Decker uh, series X15, and <laughs> and and he has item number five hundred and forty-two, or yeah, item yeah, number yeah. thirty-two, mm-hmm. which that is his way of keeping track of the days. Is he for every day he's there, he would anytime he would kill someone, he would take one item. So anytime he killed Morning Assassin, he would just take the item off. And one of the when he gets the mutant hack, he's like. I'll trade you for it. And he goes, you know, you could just kill me and take it. He goes, yeah, but I want to trade you for it. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we j- we're, we're, we're having a good bro moment here. I don't want to ruin that by killing you. <sighs> so let's talk about the Reapers. Mm, yeah. And this gang of in gaming terms, PKers, uh, player killers that take the term player killers to a whole new fucking level. Because if they kill you in the game, they, they kill you in real life. <laughs> if Saj, you die what? in the game, you die in real life. If you die in the game, you die for reals. Saj, what did you think <laughs> of uh, the Reapers and how this whole thing turned into a, you know, repetitive like oh i'm pretty much like i have a god complex to me to oh these guys are trying to kill me i still have my god complex um i don't know i guess it's kind of like uh you know the world ends with you where you think that you can just throw away your life and just try out these new things and then all of a sudden she's like dude if they kill you you're dead (laughs) and there's like no coming back there's no loop there's no uh, real world, there's nothing, and I thought that made the sh- made, 
for him himself made it a little scarier, even though he was kind of a hothead. And then me personally, like, okay, this book just got real, you know? So, uh, that's pretty much my thoughts on it. Like it has some, uh, it had some scary moments. Uh, the Reapers are definitely a terrifying group of people and they're throughout the entire series from my understanding, like, especially where I'm at currently, they are very, very prominent still. Good God. What is going on with my hair? Joel, um, I'll let you <laughs> share your thoughts really quickly on the, the Reapers and the team. Yeah. Um, so I think as far as like even just a writing like tool, the Reapers were a great progression of difficulty. So like he starts out like been however long and then uh Francis arrives and the NPCs start acting weird. So then he like overcomes that. And then these Reapers pop up and is like, well, geez, now, now it's a hardcore mode. I do have to say, uh, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to switch this topic or not, but, um, uh, the zombie like things were a little bit scarier yes. than the Reapers. Cause you can't kill them. Uh, and we'll I guess we'll some we'll explain why later. But yeah, we're, that uh, was actually what I was going to segue into uh, was the Reapers are terrible people. And when Francis explains like who the Reapers are and that they work for this organization that puts the well-being of everyone else pretty much that's trapped inside of uh, the Proxima worlds. They're paid to pretty much track these people down. And they are, in their eyes, quote unquote, putting people out of their misery, uh, people that are trapped in the game and like giving them the ease of death instead of being like in this coma. Where in reality, they're just a bunch of murderers and they're getting rich off of it and their assholes. Fuck them. Just fuck them. But then we learn that they are taking people from other worlds enlisting them saying they will set them free turning in into these zombie husks i can't remember the actual term for them joel do you remember the actual title i couldn't tell you off the top of my head i'm just gonna call them phantoms i think they were called like uh no i think i think they were called bleachers right maybe because they had the they're like bleached albino skinned yeah, I think it was bleach, bleachers. But they're real people, and if they die because, you know, Francis or Quantum shoots them or kills them in any way, they die in real life. It took this whole thing of, oh, I can kill anyone to get out of here to a whole new level, but if they kill Quantum or Francis, they'll be quote-unquote set free, but it'll also kill quantum and francis it's fucked up and that's where like it took this like yeah this book has a dark tone to a much darker tone yeah because if he kills those bleachers it says that they once they get out of there they'll be on trial for murder mm -hmm. and, and like, like quantum yeah. even like he goes i think i actually killed a few of them like he he's self-reflecting <laughs> on a couple like 
on one of the fights at the shipyard, which is actually the part I was just at when during my re-listen before the show, he goes, I think I killed a few, but they were fucking charging me. Like they're not people. And Francis has to go, no, they are people. It's just like with the NPCs, the NPCs are based off of actual players who have died. It was a way for the game to upload these, you know, old players to become pretty much NPCs. Pretty much another really cool mechanic. Character. Yeah, they like <laughs> downloaded and recreated the personalities of those people into a digital copy of themselves, I guess you could say. Yeah, because like every taxi driver is the same. Like it's the same person. It's some fat guy with, you know, that like kind of I don't want to say trashy like accent, but like he you like he's just like the real dirt bag. Um where you know yeah. all the all the bar uh people are pretty much just like the henchmen type looking people. Dolly is I think the only people that really don't look the same as everyone else are well, at least in this book, are Dolly, uh Francis Morning Assassin and Morning Assassin's uh, goons, uh, British and the rest of the, the British, team. yeah. Which I love. I love the. I love the rest of the crew. Like when they're all I together. Love the which one? <laughs> the bickering. No, like all the bickering they do to each other, and oh, they kept on like all the like like kind of like a brother how brothers would argue. They were just like, oh, shut up, shut the fuck you up, you know. Uh, like <laughs> th- it's a conversation we would have. It's yeah. if we were playing a game, this would be those would be conversations we would all have. And I feel like every like gaming group has that. Uh, honestly, like they kind of reminded me of like Mary and Pippin. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of what that reminded <laughs> me of. of just like how they get up you. to like mischief and just like i can't see it so you what you're saying is they're all hobbits <laughs> they're they're pretty much all morning hobbits. so it's official morning assassin is samwise gamby <laughs> i no. hate you so much for now bringing that now now i'm not gonna be able to morning see it. assassin is gandalf no morning assassin <laughs> is samwise because if they're all the hobbits <laughs> Yeah, but Morning yeah, Assassin's like leading the hobbits. Nah, nah. If anything, if anything, Qu- Quantum would be no, uh, Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. Man. So before we uh, kind of, because I don't want to wrap up just yet, but we'll we'll start to segue into you know the end. When we finally meet, like when we finally learn the truth about who uh, Francis Euphoria really is, that's one thing because I because when they're talking in the bar after actually being able to get to the bar and the NBAC has deactivated their inventory system so they can't like access their inventory when they're in the bar. Um, Quantum has like the flashbacks. He has a flashback of a girl who is a, like a younger version of Francis. Like it doesn't say how old, but like he's down on one knee at that point. I was like, there's, there's some sort of romantic connection here. I thought he had proposed to her at that point. Like this was his wife, like in the real world. I was fucking wrong. (laughs) 
I, I was fucking wrong. It's a girl he saved because we learn that Quantum is actually the leader of the Dream Team. He is the, the founder of this organization that was going in and rescuing people and that Quantum was actually stuck in a world. And she was one of the first rescues. And when they rescued her, she was only 16, I think, at the time. And she wanted to join, but they wouldn't hire her until she turned 18. But by the time she turned 18, Quantum had already been stuck in the loop. So he he's like, I don't remember her. Like, And he's like, I want to remember. I just don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. He's just like... Who are you? And she's like, I'm Francis Euphoria. Who are you? And it's like, I'm Quantum Hughes. Wait, why, why are, are we, we telling each other your names? <laughs> Wait, why are we saying our names? Or, why, oh, why? So before I say this, I want to say like super spoilers in case anyone already. But like when you find out about the Dream Team and how he started and what happens with his co-owner and what yeah. what he made now. That blew my mind. That was like a huge plot Which twist for me. And I was it, like, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to throw up the, the big spoiler warning. Like here, spoiler. Um, we learned that his teammate, his name is really unique. And I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, I want to say Stratagotic. Stratagotic. Thank you. I was going to say Parthenax, yeah. but I was like, that's Skyrim. Um, Stratagotic is the leader of the Reapers. Yeah. Which we learn in a later book, Saj, why he's the leader of the Reapers, and it's a mind fuck. Excited. It's a mind I'm fuck. Excited. I'm all about it. <laughs> I think you actually learn it at the end of book two. So yeah, I think I got the third, first three, right? Yeah, so. yeah, the first three. You have uh, the feedback loops, uh, Steampunk is dead, and then High Fantasy. Okay. Which the High Fantasy world's awesome because it turns it into. <laughs> I'll go ahead and I'll just spoil this for you. It turns it into a turn-based game. I'll enjoy that. Oh, it's fucking I'll awesome. I'll really enjoy that. It's fucking yeah. awesome. It's <laughs> um, like one of my favorite game genres, though. But, like, he asks, you know, Francis, you know, who are you? Like, who's taking care of me? And she goes, well, I am. I see you every day. So that's where I was like, there's got to be a romantic connection. Nope, she just works for him. But at I'm first, a... I thought it was a romantic connection, and then I thought maybe, like, it was her daughter, or it was his daughter, or something. But, uh, wasn't really that we know, or that just, I know of just, either of those. So just keep bear bear with it. It's it gets weird. It gets really fucking weird. <laughs> Relationships start to spot everywhere. It's fucking awesome. That's one. Okay, <laughs> that is one thing I will say. Uh, Harmon Cooper definitely excels at uh, more than anything is the relationships between the characters. And like even some of the uh, <clears throat> more romancy scenes, uh, they're they're pretty spot on. They they hit that like that niche sometimes. Um, Fair enough. He Fair. he's got he's got a couple other series that are just like wow. Um, he has a a new ninja series coming out soon. Oh, do you have that poster next to you, Joel, or the the pamphlet? Uh, not on hand. Okay. You'll have to send me a picture of it again so I can send it to Saj because I think Saj will appreciate it. Yeah. It's a Ninja Cat Girl series. <laughs> yeah, it's got a fox oh. <laughs> fox girl. So it's fucking awesome. So I wanna say that the whole like re relationship dynamic he has, like, because like when he explains, oh yeah, Dolly's kind of my girlfriend. 
and then we learn the truth about Dolly. Oh yeah, yeah she's it's kind of his <laughs> warden. Not only is she his girlfriend, she she's fucking judge, jury, and executioner at some <laughs> points. She is yeah. the NBA seed. She knows where the logout point is. Which okay, we skipped over something I want to fucking talk about because oh, yeah. this, this part <laughs> fucked me up. I was at work and I went, no, don't do this, don't do this. This is a big spoiler warning. Um, there's a scene where, you know, he's coming back to the hotel and this little kid stops him and he goes, I can't find my mommy. And he's like, oh, I don't know, kid. Well, where do you live? Well, I live in the Badlands with my mom and my uncle. Well, it turns out. I was like, side quest. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this really cool side quest. It's going to like take a break from the main story real quick. Nope. Nope. His mom is the prostitute. He sees uh stealing money out of um a person's like you know her her client we'll we'll say that because i don't know the proper terminology for that um he he shoots the mom and the the guy who looks like the taxi driver (laughs) and then the kid goes mommy and it's like oh fuck and we get (laughs) a whole point where um quantum kills a kid which it's in a game, but still, <laughs> I actually had to stop what I was doing at work. I was in the middle of an aisle putting up chips and uh, it, it just one shot, click bang. And I was like, oh, God. And it turns out that that kid <laughs> yeah, is pretty was, fucking crucial. <laughs> yeah, he, and, he, and then he was just he was like, I was doing you a favor. And I'm like. Bro, <laughs> you just killed the kid. Doesn't matter whether he deserved it or not. <laughs> Let me just end your life before it truly begins. Yeah, he gets pretty savage sometimes. There, there are some really savage moments where I'm like, like I try to relate to the main characters, and Quantum was one I could not relate to. But it wasn't Dude, the a first turn-off. time. The first time he kills the chef and the saucier, I was like. Because he's, like, getting an order from Dolly, and then he's like, just wait a second, hun. And he goes back there and just kills the chef in the sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then Dolly and goes, just well, like, now I have to I like, I have to... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, Dolly being the NBA seed, and, like, when he's, like, she's trying to explain why she did the things, like, that she was doing to keep Quantum there, and Quantum, like has this whole breakdown of a moment. It's just like quantum's still human. Like he's been in this loop for in real world. He's been in there for eight years, but in game it's been almost two. That's almost enough to break someone like that would have probably broken me at that point. And it just, well, I mean, I, I mean, technically he did break cause he's tried to kill himself multiple times, but he can't like, I think it was chapter or something oh like yeah that. he does he kill did. himself but like yeah yeah it was like 45 seconds long and it was just him shooting himself yeah there, there's some dark <laughs> there's some dark parts of this book and like i said when it gets dark it gets really fucking dark it gets mm-hmm. absolutely f- just fucking dreadful and i love it yeah. like i, I, I think it really shit ties in the cyber noir dark gritty well, atmosphere even in the other rooms, like, it, it gets fucking dark. Like it gets dark throughout the series, and I just I love it so much. So I know I'm looking forward to reading the next two. Are uh, actually I guess it's next seven. 
just eight of them, I think. Yeah, there's eight. Uh, there's which I'll I will. You know what? We're here. I'm gonna read the titles because I like doing that. I normally do that <laughs> when we're here. So I just gotta. My app decided to shit out on me, so I apologize for that. Give me just a split second. So, no which it's kind of some of the titles are kind of a spoiler, but that's fine. Uh, so we have the feedback loop, book one. Steampunk is dead. High fantasy, Reapers and Repercussions, which is a fucking amazing title. The Mechanical Heart, my favorite title, Cyber Noir Redux, Proxima Ribbon, and then Apotheos Boom, which I think is the final book. I don't know if there's going to be another book or not. Yep, the epic finale. So there is eight books total. So it is a finished series. Hot damn. I guess I need to pick up the last few books. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so he finally does get out of, uh, he gets out of the loop because he finds the feedback or the, not the feedback, but the logout point, which we knew he was going to have to get out of the loop to continue because I think doing multiple books of him stuck in the one game would have gotten a little well, yeah. bleh because it just felt like there was no ex uh, expanding. And especially when they talk about how many different worlds there are, because there's a lot. But the Reapers are a deadly force. They are a force to be reckoned with because they track down where he's at. They know he's at some medical facility in Ohio. And they try to kidnap him. Even when he is at his weakest, he's still a badass <laughs> because he kills one of them. In real life, he kills yeah. one of them. He just yeah, drowns them in drowns the goo. Yeah, in, in the goo yeah. for the uh, like the, immersion. Yeah. Which... Oh, God, that's a fucking way to go. Like, I think Oof. of most ways to go, the most terrifying would be to drown. Yeah. Like, terrifying. I, yeah, I that's why if I can't see the bottom, I'm not getting in the water. That's how I always look at it. That's just me. Joel, when we would go out to Glick's Pond, if I couldn't see the bottom, I wasn't getting in. I don't care. <laughs> So, oh, Saj, give me your full like thoughts on like the first experience into the game lit, lit RPG world because I'm very excited to have you here. Uh, I'm excited to be here, and I didn't expect to be as into it as I was. Like, I was not expecting to finish this in two sittings. I was expecting to take more breaks, but I was just fully immersed, and I didn't want to stop uh, listening. You know. So I, I, the only reason I took a break in between is because like I had to process the first half to understand this, the second half a little better. So uh, I appreciate the recommendation and all that, and I definitely do love it. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Like that just that welcome brings... to the real world. Let's see how <laughs> far this rabbit hole goes. I've, I've never opened. I've never used my eyes before. <laughs> <laughs> Joel oh, has always said that if I had a superpower, it would be recruiting people into the land. And I, I think that's wrong because I think it would be recruiting people into the world of Flint RPG because now that's that's three people in Penultimate Conquest I've gotten recruited for Flint RPG because I got <laughs> I uh, sent John the first book in the Dungeon Crawler, Carl. I got Ryan uh, to read The Land and War Eternus. So that was a, that was a big hype. 
Anthony, I got to read the good guys, and now I got you, so that's four. Yeah. There we go. I'm just going to continue you my quest. Make... <laughs> Put on your resume, man. Dude, I'm going to. And Vinny, I got to get Vinny set up on a on a book. But we're going to go ahead. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> well, oh, no, he, he wants me before to. We, before we sign out, He's there was a just a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Hit us with it, Joel. Uh, all right. Yeah. So I do want to say that I really, really enjoy just getting to go into like even just spoilers, uh, but just this atmosphere of nerding out over great lit RPG books. And that's more of like, what I'd like our focus of our episodes to be like, there are uh, podcasts out there that do reviews and like, we'll grade them and be like, okay, this, this is better than this. And we're kind of just here to have fun and talk yeah. about all the amazing like experiences that lit RPG can bring. And and that's why I like to do the whole like, you know, like we we talk about something for a little bit and then we kind of break off just because this is a fun conversation. Like I don't like we Joel and I do have our reviews scheduled for like, oh, we're going to review this. But that's going to be mainly for the channel and the podcast uh, apps. When we finally get that going, we have it submitted. So we're now we're just waiting to hear back from Apple and Spotify and a few others. But so, yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is. If you enjoy, like, this experience, uh, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Listen to us more. Uh, Try to catch us on uh, Sundays, and we will answer any questions in the chat. Uh, It'll just—it's a cool environment to talk about great books. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and do our wrap up. And uh, we'll start with the new guy, Saj. Where can people find you? What are we plugging today? Um, so I'm Saj in Squarepants and pretty much uh, well, spelled exactly like what's under me. Um, pretty much all social media and or if you play video games on those systems as well. So. All right. And Joel, where can people uh, find you? At, at Sir Valor Hunter. I am on Twitch, and if you message me, I will definitely get back to you. All right. And, of course, you can always find me here on the Penultimate Conquest for our show Stats on Stats. And also uh, find me over at Twitter at Rich Dolphus or the official Stats on Stats Twitter, uh, Stats on Stats Lit. Uh, We do have a couple of shows coming up that I'm pretty excited for. I'm going to let Joel. Oh. What's up, Joel? Sorry. No, I just... uh... We what we didn't do is we didn't go into what we're reading recently. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Joel, what have you been reading? <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many great books out right now and they they just keep coming out. It's crazy. Um Yeah. So I'm listening to book two of uh Shade Slinger, it just came out. The Ripple Effect, is that what the series is called? Or The Ripple System? Uh, the Ripple System. And i also been looking, listening to Shackled or uh, Unbound and Black Dawn. 
and there's also a bunch of other stuff coming out like book three of uh the oh come on take it out take it out master of none darn it yes the master of none jack all trades uh, incorporated jack all trades yes that series and <laughs> I like also how you're telling him what he's reading <laughs> well no we we well, talked about this I've earlier told him, yeah, and i've like listened to the first times. book of jack all trades i need to get book two and now the book three is coming out but i've i've been Death's listening favorite warlock book two oh, also manufacturing Trump. mag magic it's a great time for to uh be a lit rpg listener see i've been on a travis Baldry kick and jeff hayes kick because we just finished dungeon crawler carl Shout out to Jeff Hayes, because book four finally dropped after uh, Matt Deniman's fans went to Twitter and started posting feet pics and tagging Audible. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This actually happened Yeah, because we were posting, we were tagging Audible and ACX uh, on Twitter and posting feet pics. And because I'm a classy gentleman, I posted feet pics of Lunar because Donut the cat in the book and, you know, cat feet. Why not? Um, so we just finished Dungeon Crawler Carl. I was in the dungeon mood, so and I decided to get back into a Travis Baldry kick. I listened to Dungeon Core online and I finished that yesterday. That was book 69, and that was perfect. Nice. That was perfect for book 69 of the year. And the author, Jonathan <laughs> Schmidt, also said, like, oh, yeah, it's great, like, it's good to have his book. You don't understand how appropriate that is, and he was right, it was amazing. Um, and then I started the Ripple Effect book one, uh, Shadeslinger, which is also another Travis Baltry uh, narrated book. And it's so good. Shout out to Travis oh, Baltry. And we should also discuss what we're doing for the next episode. That's why I actually was about to pass it on before you uh, said, oh, we haven't done this. So, Joel, I'm going to let you announce what the next episode is. So for yeah. our next episode, which is going to be on 1010, Joel, what are we going to be doing? We are going to be having a guest uh, author by the name of <laughs> Ryan. Deburted. Wait, is Ryan Deburted? Yeah, Deburted. Okay, sorry. It's a weird last name, <laughs> but I just uh, love how you're hesitating right now. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, We'll the be series discussing. is Ether Collapse. Yeah, the Ether Collapse correct? equalizes yes. the first book. Uh, equalizes which, the first book. It's narrated by um, Luke Daniels, which was my first Luke Daniels book, if I remember correctly. Shout out to Luke Daniels. So that'll be on ten ten. But Yay. I just got this secured today before the show, and I haven't told Joel yet, so you get to see his reaction live. That for our Halloween episode on the twenty fourth of October. We will be having guest audible book or audiobook narrator Travis Baltry on. So Joel, we get Travis on. I told you I was gonna do it, and we Heck did yeah. it. You know what we're discussing, right? Uh we will definitely be discussing Party Hard. Okay. And and Revenant. But You you heard it here, folks. So we'll just probably be discussing most of his books and like just some of his works, kind of like what we did with the Neil Helliger's episode. But I'm very excited for that one. That one is going to be a great episode. And I'm I just have so much 
emotion and anxiety right now that I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, but that has been it for episode 12 of Stats on Stats, the feedback loop, and mentioning some other stuff. So yeah, thanks, Saj. Th- Saj, thank you so well, much for being on. Me. Dude, yeah. it's been having me. it's been a true pleasure having you on. It, it was a great episode, and I just want to say I'm proud of you, man. You've you've come far away in the past Thanks. few months because uh, I know you've been struggling with some stuff. I won't go into it on stream, of course, but I'm, I just want to say I'm proud of you, and I'm glad to have you uh, in my life as a friend, and glad to have you on the show because this was just a damn good time. I had a I had a blast. Thanks for having me, Richie. I'm proud of you too. Uh, Thanks, buddy. What you made here. This is a great show. Everyone keep on c- coming back. So, and Joel, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> and, <laughs> as always, this has been Stats on Stats. I'm Richie Stevens, your host here, and also the penultimate conquest with RPG expert. That was not a self-proclaimed title. It was given to me by Ruben, so I, I will embrace that title. But, as always, gnomes rule. <laughs>